Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning we're going to uh, look at the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5 in your Bibles. And what I want to talk to you about today is about uh, life as journey. Um, if I were to tell you that uh, early in your life that you would have so many years to live you would ha- and be able to tell you exactly the number of years that you had, that uh, you would uh, be involved in certain aspect of life, uh, maybe a certain type of business, or to be able to tell you uh, what kind of, of person that you were going to be. And if I were to tell you that uh, that uh, you would all your accomplishments and be able to tell you that, uh, you'd probably look at me kind of cross-eyed and kind of figure uh, I was on something or some, uh, and uh, that I was not in my right mind. Uh, but if I were to tell you that uh, the most significant individual that ever lived only lived 33 years and that uh, only in the last three years did he do anything of note and of uh, significance you would probably understand, well, that that's, uh, sounds like uh, the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus, uh, of course, in the three years of His ministry that He was uh, w- working on this earth, accomplished more in those three years than uh, all of mankind has, has accomplished throughout their lifetime. In fact, H.G. Uh, Wells, who is a noted author, Uh, He wrote this. He was also a historian. He said this about Jesus. He said, More than 1,900 years uh, later, a historian like myself, who doesn't even call himself a Christian, finds the picture entering irresistibly around the life and character of the most significant man. The historian's test of an individual's greatness is... What did he leave to grow? Did he start men to thinking along fresh lines with a vigor that persisted after him? By this test, Jesus stands first among all who have ever lived. And uh, that's the case with Jesus Christ. He, he lived a certain uh, his life in such a way that uh, we are still living in his wake. In fact, uh, one individual said that he said, uh, You can gauge the size of a ship that has passed out of sight by the, the size of its wake that it leaves behind. And uh, he says, By any measure, Jesus left the world's largest wake. Uh, behind him we are still living in his wake Uh, we are still living as a result of of what jesus christ did during those three years Uh, we are still living in 
uh, the results of what he has done. And uh, he's, uh, so we, we're living with uh, the results of what Jesus Christ did as a result of his ministry. And uh, many would say that that work uh, began uh, with an earnest uh, effort of, of a journey. And, it, and we're going to look at one aspect of the beginning of that journey uh, here in chapter 5 of Luke. It says in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gesenaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake. Uh, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now I'm going to stop there for a minute. We're going to look more at some of those other verses as, as uh, we go along. But first I want to share with you uh, some things that I'm noticing here already. We can see even at the beginning of Jesus' uh, ministry, this is before he's called any of his disciples, before he's uh, begun uh, doing very much ministry at all. All Jesus is doing is going throughout the land and he's beginning to teach. He's beginning to share. And the people are hungry for the word that he has to share. They're hungry for uh, the teaching that Jesus is sharing because it's unlike any other teaching that they've ever heard. And I want to share with you today a truth that I find in, in this uh, passage of Scripture is, is that even to this day, people are still hungering for the Word of God. People are still, uh, even though, uh, as I said about North American missionaries going out and sharing the gospel in a place where uh, uh, most people are saturated with the Word of God, uh, we still have places within uh, our even in even within North America where uh, there are people that have never heard the message of Jesus Christ or they've heard uh, a distorted view of who Jesus Christ is and not a true uh, telling of, of the testimony of what Jesus Christ shared. What I need to share with you is, is that people are truly hungry for the Word of God. When they hear the truth of God's Word, when they hear the message that Jesus Christ has to share, there are people that that will go out of their way to hear the message of Jesus. And we just have to uh, simply be willing to go out and to share that message. We have to be willing to faithfully deliver the Word of God. And that's the significance. That's the difference. So many people have been Yes, they may know who Jesus Christ is. I know who uh, Abraham Lincoln is. That doesn't mean that I know him personally. It doesn't mean that I know him intimately. There's a lot of people that know who Jesus Christ is, but they've been uh, uh, shared a, a, a message of who Jesus is and what Jesus uh, did by people that barely know who he is themselves. And what we need to do is we need to share uh, the unadulterated image of who Christ is to share with people the powerful message that Jesus has to share. So powerful was Jesus' message that as he's going along and he's uh, sharing with the people that uh, he had, uh, the crowd is crushing on him so much 
that he has to get away from the crowd some so that he can uh, continue to teach, so he can continue to share. And so he notices that in this lake there's a couple of boats that are there where some fishermen have been fishing. And he he, uh, goes to one of the boats and gets in and he implores the, the guy who owns the boat, Simon, Uh, Of course, we know this to be Simon Peter, uh, who will later become a disciple of Jesus. Uh, But he says to Simon, he says, hey, how about pushing off into the water? His thought is is that uh, first he'll he'll create some distance between him and the crowds. They won't be crushing on him so much. and, and, And when you're in the midst of a crowd... Your voice uh, doesn't carry as much. And Jesus was hoping that by uh, setting out on the lake a bit, that his voice would carry well with, uh, with uh, uh, the aid of the acoustics of the lake and that everyone who was there would be able to hear him well and that they would be able to, <coughs> to spread his message to as many people as possible. He didn't want to just simply to affect a few people. God's desire is not that we would share simply uh, His Word to just those who are amongst our family and, and our few friends. He wants us to share the message of Christ to everyone. And so Jesus' desire was to, to set out on the boat a little bit so that He would be able to, uh, to be in a better place to teach uh, those who were there. And so uh, we need to to see uh, Jesus plainly and clearly wants to share the message with everyone who is able to hear. And that, that needs to be our desire as well. We need to share the gospel message with everyone who is able to hear the Word of God, everyone who's willing to, to simply listen so that we can share God's Word. So often we want to... Uh, go around like we're secret agents of Jesus, uh, that we have a secret about what we're doing and about what God wants us to do in our life. And like we can't tell other people about what uh, Christ is doing in our life and we can't tell the truth of what Jesus Christ has done within us and what He can do for others. We want to act like uh, uh, it's, uh, that the gospel message is a secret that we have to pass along without people being aware of what we're doing. No, we need to be up front. We need to be uh, uh, willing to, to broadcast what Christ has done for our lives, be willing to share with others uh, the message of Christ and be willing to share with as many as would hear it. Now, uh, let's see what else happens here. So, <coughs> excuse me. Verse 4 says, and uh, Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, By thy word, I will let down the nets. And when they had let down, uh, they enclosed a great multitude of fish that their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So... What we need to understand is is that this is a miracle of nature, that Jesus is performing a miracle of nature. And and as I've said and mentioned many times before in other situations, 
Jesus never performs a miracle that does uh, for uh, uh, with, that it doesn't have some type of significance. Jesus always has a message for us when he performs uh, a miracle. It might be a miracle just simply to demonstrate that he has uh, power over uh, nature or that he has power over sin and death. Uh, it may be a miracle that demonstrates uh, the love of God, that demonstrates God's mercy and grace. Uh, there's always a message associated with a miracle. Uh, that's why if you ever hear of, of uh, extra-biblical uh, texts that say that Jesus did this or did that and it, uh, performed a miracle just for his own amusement, Jesus never did that. He never uh, performed a miracle that it did not have some type of significance for us to day. What do we see in this miracle? Of course, this is a nature miracle and and it it demonstrates that Jesus has power over nature and that he is able to to miraculously produce uh, this uh, great quantity of fish. But uh, what does it share about Jesus Christ as the person? Uh, What does it share about Jesus Christ and about His mission? I think uh, uh, many churches today are just like Simon and his uh, cohorts in the other boat. By the way, that was Andrew and John that we'll find out here in just a minute. Uh, also, who became disciples. So Andrew and John and Simon Peter, they were all out there and they were they had been toiling all night long and they've been trying to catch fish and they hadn't done anything at all. They hadn't been able to accomplish anything. And uh, they, when Jesus comes along and wants to set out into the lake a little bit so that he's able to teach, uh, they were in the process of cleaning up their nets. They were in the process of giving up, of, of calling it a day. And they were just tired of, of, of all the labor that they had uh, done all night long and produced nothing. They're just like a lot of churches today. There's a lot of churches that have done everything they know within their power to try and reach people. Uh, they've they've uh, set up programs. They've set up uh, methods. And they've done this and that in order to to uh, be able to try and reach people uh, with the gospel message, trying to win people, trying to get people into the church. Uh, They have, uh, you know, you you even have churches that look at what other churches have done and say, hey, well, uh, they did this and they had all these results. Let's go ahead and try that and see if we can't get the same results as well. And... Many times they fail, uh, they don't get the same results, they, or they get temporary results. They might have an influx of people for a little while, and then after a while, a lot of the people will uh, fade away and not uh, be present in the church any longer. And so they get depressed. They get uh, overwhelmed with the fact that there's so many people that are out there that need to hear the gospel, but they just feel like there's nothing they can do. They're looking at Jesus when... Uh, Jesus comes to us and says, hey, uh, we need to be about reaching the lost. And uh, we feel like we're just like Simon Peter. Hey, Lord, we've been doing this all this time. We've been working all night long. We've been working and we just haven't been able to accomplish anything. We haven't been able to reach anyone. But Jesus said to Simon, uh, hey, uh, go ahead and, and put out into the, into the deep and lower your nets and uh, so Simon says, well, look, uh, 
I know you mean well, but we'll and we're going to go ahead and do it because you ask us to, but we're not going to get anything. Isn't that the case that we often do? Whenever we get together and we say, hey, we're going to try and do this or do that, a lot of times you hear people say, hey, we're going to go ahead and do it, preacher. We're going to go ahead and do it, deacons. But, you know, we've done this before and we just don't think we're going to get anybody. We ha- we come to, to uh, serve the Lord many times pessimistically. We come and say, well... We hadn't gotten anything in a long time. We haven't been able to reach people, and it just doesn't seem like we're going to ever be able to reach people, but we'll go go ahead and do it. You're not in a good frame of mind when you do that. You're not in the proper frame of mind to go out and to try and reach. Who wants to join people there? Oh, well, well, there's no reason to be doing this. Uh, who wants to join a group of people that are defeatist, the people that are uh, depressed about uh, their numbers, that doesn't feel like anything's happening? No, nobody wants to join that. People want to join groups of people that are excited about uh, what God is doing in their life. People want to join churches where they're actively busy about reaching the lost and, and people are are uh, uh, excited about the fact that they get a chance. Look, it's not that we're tasked with uh, doing ministry. It's not that we're compelled to do it. Yes, we ought to do it. Yes, uh, Jesus did give us instructions on to, uh, to go out and to share the gospel. But we ought to look at it like this. We get to be a part of God's plan. God has a plan for reaching the lost. God has a plan for uh, winning the souls of all the world. And we have the, the thrill of being able to be a part of that plan. God is allowing us to be a part of it. It's not that we're forced to do it. It's that we have the privilege to serve God and to go out and to share the message of Jesus Christ with others, that He would look at us. We're not any better than anybody else that we're sharing the gospel with, but because Jesus is coming to our heart and life and He's changed us, that He allows us to go out and to share with others so that they can see that change in their life as well. And that's just a thrilling thing. That's just a wonderful thing to think about that we get to be a part of it. And so we, uh, instead of going through the motions like Simon was doing, okay, Jesus, we'll go ahead and do it because you said so, but we're not going to, uh, the implicate, uh, what he didn't say was, but we're not going to get anything. We've been doing this all night long and in the peak hours of being able to, to catch fish, we didn't catch a thing. We came up with nothing but water. <clears throat> And a lot of times when we go out to, to uh, meet people in our community, a lot of times when we go out sharing the watermelons or uh, sharing the, uh, the calendars or just doing, going out and inviting people to vacation Bible school or whatever, when we knock on the door, you know, half the time we've got folks that are praying that nobody will be home. And the other time is, is that we're just praying that we can hand over the leaflet and and leave before we have to say anything or answer any questions. Um, We ought not to approach God's work in that way. We ought to approach the task that God gives us. We ought to uh, set about doing God's work with a different attitude. But Simon went ahead and he uh, did what Jesus had said. And uh, Jesus caused 
a great multitude of fish to be in his net, so much so that he had to call for help. So often we just don't realize what God wants to do in the life of our church. We don't realize the fact that Jesus wants to multiply the results of what we're doing uh, if we'd just be willing to go out and, and, and put ourselves out there for Jesus. We've got to just simply be willing to go out and to share the message that when, he's, when Jesus Christ is in it and we get out of the way, He does some great things. He did this amazing thing for, uh, for Simon and so much so that they had to call for help. They had to get others to come and to help bring in uh, uh, the fish because the, the nets were about to break. And when Simon, uh, verse 8, it says, And when Simon had... Uh, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, at his feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am uh, a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished that all uh, that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. It's an amazing thing what God will do if we just simply allow Him to work in our life. Jesus Christ wants to do a great thing within our lives, within our lives individually and within our lives collectively as a church. God wants to fill our, our church so much so that we, we, can't, we can't have everybody here at one time. Wouldn't that be wonderful that we'd have to have two services because we, we run out of space? Wouldn't it be wonderful that we had to open up the partitions and we'd have to set uh, chairs in the, in the aisles and we still would have to have two services because God's doing an amazing thing, an amazing work. Let me tell you something. We live in a rural place. Yes, I realize that. But just think about the number of people, all the people that we gave a watermelon to this past summer. And think if all of them came and their families came, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have enough room. We'd have to have three services. We'd have so many people coming. And Jesus is able to do that in their lives. We're able to, uh, we would be able to see an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our lives and their lives if we just simply continue to share His message and we're faithful to serve God. We'd be just like Peter. We'd be, uh, we'd be just like Simon Peter saying, look, I'm unworthy to be in your presence. We, we would, we'd come in here and we'd just fall uh, flat on our face at the altar because of what Christ is doing in our lives. And so that was Simon Peter's uh, attitude. And it says in verse 10, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And, and Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Did you catch the significance of what he said? They didn't bring their ships to land and sell all the fish and then go off. They had a big windfall with all that fish that all of a sudden they brought in. But when they saw the power of Jesus, when they saw what Jesus did, when they understood who Jesus was, none of that mattered any longer. 
None of those things. Their nets that they were washing, their, the, the, all the fish that they brought in, their ships that they were using in their business. These were fishermen. These were men who made their living out on the sea. They had seen a lot of different things. But they had never seen anyone like Jesus. And so as soon as they got to the shore... They did everything they could to follow after Jesus. They did everything they could to simply lay their their old lifestyle, their old way of doing things, they were willing to set aside when they came face to face with Jesus who changed their lives so significantly and were able to do great and marvelous things. And what my hope is, is that we'd be willing to change our lives. When we experience the power of Jesus' name, we'll, we'll, we'll not expect just a little bit. Look, we get excited when just a few people come and join us on a Sunday. When we allow Jesus to work in our life, when we're faithful to obey Him, when we do what Jesus calls us to do, we'll see an amazing outpouring of His love and we'll see an amazing uh, results of His message, His Word going out. And we'll be willing to set everything aside to continue to follow Him. And it's my hope and prayer that we would do that, that we'd be willing to set everything aside to simply follow Jesus, to do His work, to do the things that He calls us to do, that we would set aside all of our old ways of doing things and simply say, hey, we don't have to have programs. We don't have to have uh, methods. We don't have to do any of that. All we have to do is be willing to follow Jesus, to do what He asks us to do, to go out and, uh, and allow the Spirit of God to lead us into our community, to reach the lost. Don't you want that in our, uh, for the life of our church? Don't you want Him uh, to bless us so greatly? that we just don't know what to do with all the people, that we'll be so excited about what God is doing that so many people will be coming and God will be working in our lives. That's our prayer. That's our hope that God will do these great things. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we just pray that that as You allow us, Lord, to be open to You leading us, Lord, that You would help us to follow You that we'd help, you'd help us to be faithful to live according to your desire, that we would set aside all the things of this world, all the, uh, the concerns that we used to think were so great, be willing to follow after you and allow you to work in our life individually in the life of us as a church, that we might see lost souls saved, that we might see people's lives transformed, that we might see the power of the Spirit of God working in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.